Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Uh, good morning, everybody. Welcome to today's podcast. It is Thursday, August the 3rd. August the 3rd, 2023. And hope you're having a fantastic week. Um, we are in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 today as we continue our journey through the uh, letter to the second letter to the Corinthians. Actually, in the correspondence with Paul, it's believed this is actually the fourth correspondence uh, because uh, 1 Corinthians refers to a previous, this, the course previous letter, and there's, we believe there's a letter that's been lost. And so, but anyway. <laughs> for our purposes, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Um, today's the Global Leadership Summit at Bayside. Oh, actually, it's in 400 locations around the United States, North America, <clears throat> streaming out of um, Calif- um, Chicago, Willow Creek Community Church in California, or gosh, in Chicago. <laughs> um, but yeah, we are a host site for the simulcast, and so we'll be doing that this morning. So I got to get going, man. I got to jump in so that I can get there to the summit. Um, if you're in the area and um, and you want to go, it's it's Thursday and Friday. Let me know. We do have a few tickets available. Uh, comp tickets, free tickets. Come on. Preach. Everybody love, everybody love a free ticket. But um, yeah. So anyway, let's jump in. It's always an awesome, awesome conference. It's inspiration, leadership, um, just a, a great time to kind of get recharged, refocused, get those creative juices flowing. And um, great. it's always a great uh, event for our team to kind of share in together. So looking forward to that. But the matter at hand is 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let's do it, y'all. You know what we do? We read, we pray. We changed the world. Yeah. Let's go. Chapter 5, verse 1. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hand. So in earlier in chapter 4, you saw about this, this earthly vessel wasting away. Um, and God uses it, and he, he, displays his, he displays His glory through these broken vessels. Um, and Paul's continuing that line of thought. He's like, but even this tent that we live in, even if it's destroyed, this physical body, this tent, as it were, God's got a new building for us, uh, not built by human hands. Verse 2, meanwhile, so while we're waiting for that new body, that, that spiritual body, meanwhile, we groan longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. Because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. He's not going to leave us. He's going to take care of us. He's, gonna, he's got something he's preparing for us. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened. Come on. Some of you like right now. 
you got that knee be hurting, back hurting, got that crick in your neck. Is it a crick or a creek? Depends on where you're from, whether it's a crick or a creek. For some people, the crick is in the neck and the creek is where you fish. But some people get a creek in their neck. So I don't know. So, but anyway, you, you may be feeling it this morning, today. This, you know, your body's just kind of feeling, uh, it's groaning, it's burdened. So he says, for while we are in this tent, we groan and we are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. We're longing for uh, the, uh, the resurrection of our bodies so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God who has given us the Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Wow. So this is not just wishful thinking, but God is preparing to resurrect us and to clothe us with a new spiritual body. And this is not just wishful thinking. God has given us His Holy Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Mm. When what is mortal will be swallowed up by life. Man, complete life, total life. The resurrection of our bodies. Therefore, we all are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. All right. Now, it's not like we can't have fellowship with the Lord while we're in our physical body. Paul is not saying that. Now, there were some uh, people in Paul's day and some today that try to make a hard uh, break between the spiritual and the material or the spiritual and the physical. Like, no spiritual can be connected to the physical. It's, you know, spiritual reality is all otherworldly. Paul's like, that's not what Paul is saying. We can have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. We can have fellowship with God while we are in our physical body. Jesus had a physical body and was fully God, and he was fully man. He was God in flesh, in literal flesh. And so, um, so yeah, so uh, th there is, he's not saying that, but what he's saying is we can't fully be in the presence of God with our flesh. And so we, uh, as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we live by faith, not by sight. Right now, we're living by faith, right? We don't, we don't see God, and because we're in this earthly body, we must live by faith, not by sight. It's the limitations of, uh, with, of, our, of our flesh. <clears throat> we are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Hmm. You get what he's saying there? Yeah. Like, we would just as soon be with Jesus, not have this, the, the, uh, the, the division that is caused by this earthly body, but to be fully in the presence of God. That's what we would prefer. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. So regardless, at all, all times and always, we seek to please the Lord because he is our ultimate 
desire. For we must all, come on, that's everybody. Anytime you see we must all, that's everybody. That's you. That's me. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Hmm. So we're all going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ. We're either going to be a, we're either going to appear clothed in the righteousness of Jesus and therefore fully accepted by God and into his presence or we're going to be stand before the judgment seat of God on the basis of our own righteousness which is as filthy rags before a holy and just God. So we're all going to stand before the judgment seat of God, Paul says. Um but the one who is in Christ is clothed by Jesus and the Father looks upon the repentant sinner as if they had never sinned, as if they were Jesus, as if they were as pure as Jesus. And for the one who has not done so, they will, uh, they will stand on their own goodness, uh, which is, as we know, no, not a very strong footing. It will not get us into heaven. Your righteousness and mine, Romans chapter 1, 2, and 3, uh, our righteousness, there's not one righteous, no, not one. So, um, so people who say, you know, people are, you know, you're good to your core. Mm, that's not biblically accurate. That's an opinion, but that's not biblically accurate. Uh, the Bible tells us that there is good in human beings. There's a lot of good. There's plenty. There's a, we, we bear the image of God. So there is some beauty. There's some kindness. There's some, some reflections of God that are in every human being. But at our core, no, we're selfish at our core. <laughs> and it's pretty interesting because if you observe the people who are always talking about how good people are, mm, there's some selfishness in the very people who espouse that. Some pride. But I digress. But I digress. Verse 11. Since then, we know that it is, it is to fear the Lord. We know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others. Why? Because we're all going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ. It is very loving and kind thing to do to tell people about the fact that one day they will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Not in condemnation, but in as, as in a, but as in a uh, somber and sober warning. We're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. On whose righteous, righteousness will you stand? So Paul says, we know what it is to fear the Lord, to have reverence. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is plain to your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again but are giving you an opportunity to take, to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart um, on the evidence. Look at our, Again, Paul's trying to defend the Corinthians were, you know, throw, were, caught, were bringing into question his validity as an apostle. And so, again, Paul's saying, like, I'm not, I'm not, look, I'm not saying all this to like get you, you know, to commend ourselves to you again. No. I'm just... I'm just giving you the opportunity to, to know where we're coming from and actually not to be ashamed of us as apostles, but to be proud of what we're doing. 
to see what we're about. We're about Jesus. We're about preparing people for the judgment seat of Christ. That's a that's an admirable and honorable thing to do. And in some sense, brothers and sisters, that's what we all need to be doing. Uh, not in judgment, right? We're not. It's not like screaming at people, but in a sense, we need to be preparing others as well as ourselves for that great and for some horrible day when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ. That, if we really believe that, preparing people for that is the most loving thing we can do. If we really believe that people are going to one day stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and Paul clearly says we are, all of us, then one of the most loving things we can do is to live our lives in such a way that we prepare others as well as ourselves for the day when we stand uh, naked, as it were, before a holy and just God and preparing people for that um, encounter. And the only proper way to be prepared for such a glorious or terrible day uh, to wait the way to make that day glorious is to be clothed with the righteousness of Jesus and so to have our heart um, beating with a passion to see people clothed with the righteousness of Jesus so that they can stand before a holy God unashamed is uh, is a is an honorable um, task if we were out of our minds, as some say, so some people are saying, Paul, you at your mind, bro. He's saying, if some people, if we are indeed out of our minds, as some say, it is for God. We are crazy for Jesus. Come on. I'm a Jesus. I'm crazy for Jesus. Jesus free. What will people do when they hear that I'm a Jesus free? Yeah. Shout out to DC Talk back in the day. But yeah, he's saying, if we are out of our minds, if we are weird, we are weird for Christ's sake. And let me tell you something, man. In the truth, like if you're gonna serve Jesus in this world, you're gonna be called weird by somebody. They're gonna say it's weird that you uh, make decisions based on what God thinks. They think it's weird because you spend your uh, Sabbath Sunday mornings in worship. They they think it's weird that you spend time with a Christian small group. They think it's weird that you spend time daily in the Word of God. They think it's weird the music you listen to. Uh, they think it's weird that you get your worship on. They think it's weird that you tithe, that you give uh, 10% to the work of the Lord, the work of the kingdom. They think that's weird. They think it's weird that you steward your life in a way that is is in moderation and not in, in excess. That's weird. It is weird. But you know what? Weird is way better than normal. Mm-hmm. Come on. Because normal in this world ain't going to get you where you need to go. Ain't going to get you where you need to go in your relationships. It ain't going to get you where you need to go in your finances. And it's certainly not going to get you where you want to go when you stand in before the judgment seat of Christ. <laughs> you, better, you better learn to get weird. <laughs> Come on. You better learn to get weird. Uh, and, you better, and, you, and we got to learn to be comfortable with weird. We've we got we to be comfortable with people not understanding or getting us. That doesn't mean we have to be like unapproachable. That doesn't mean we can't have an intelligent conversation with people. But when it gets down to it, you're going to be weird, man. You're going to be weird. 
We're going to be, quote, out of our minds. But out of our minds for God. Now, there's some Christians that's flat out out their minds. It ain't because they're out of the mind for Jesus. That, that's different. And, and that, that ain't what we're looking for. <laughs> we're just talking about having a, a commitment that doesn't always align with the values uh, of this world. Verse six, 14, for Christ's love compels us. I love this verse. One of my favorite verses in the Bible. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced, come on, that one died for all, and therefore all die. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Yeah. What are you saying? We we are we are we are compelled. Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, who Jesus died for all. Therefore, all die. What we all, those who receive Jesus, we die. We we put the old old life to death. We put the old man, the old woman to death. And since we have all died in Him, all believers have died in Him. We should no longer live for ourselves because that old man is dead. Who do we live for now? Jesus, because we have been. We have buried the old, and we have been raised to life in Jesus. So we live for Jesus. 16. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Mm. Oh, man. We, uh, we, we, we view no one from a worldly point of view. No one is beyond the reach of Jesus. Um, no one is beyond his grace. We don't, we, don't, we don't view people, and it's not just about whether they're saved or not. It's about whether they're successful or not, mm. or a failure or not. You know, um, sometimes we look at people and we think, oh, they're successful. Are you looking at them from a worldly point of view or a spiritual point of view? Well, they have a lot of money. Look at the house. That, that's a worldly point of view. <laughs> well, look at all the people that report to them. Look at, look at, look at this. Look at their office. That's a worldly point of view. Um, or you look at someone like, man, they don't have anything. They they just you know make it week to week. Man, they really they really haven't made much of themselves in this life. That's a worldly point of view. Paul is saying we no longer regard anyone from a worldly point of view. You know, I've said before um, to groups of people that you know this group this this room is filled with people who are successful and people who are failures. There are some of us who are successful, some of us who are failures. And the truth is, only God knows the difference. <laughs> only God knows which are which. We, we often can misjudge the ones who are successful and the ones who are failures. Sometimes, you know, the wisdom of this world will often count people as failures who are actually the most successful. They're making the biggest difference for the kingdom of God. So um, I encourage you, friends, don't judge anyone from a worldly point of view. And it takes practice. <laughs> I, wish I, I wish I was great at it. I am not. I still have to catch myself. Um, but what a challenge to consider people not from a worldly point of view, but from um, God's point of view. Though we were once regarded though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do, no, we do so no longer. Therefore, if any, there we go. That's my favorite verse in the Bible. 
If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Wow. So if you're in Christ, everything is new. All things have become new. And he's given you now this ministry of reconciliation. What? So you can now help other people become new. And this is the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. You're Christ's ambassadors, brothers and sisters. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Wow. Wow. Man, Paul Paul closed that chapter strong, right? <laughs> we don't regard anyone from a worldly point of view why? Because if they are in Christ, they have been a they are a new creation. They are they are more than what we see on the outside. They are a completely new creation. And um and all of this, the the and in you too, brothers and sisters, if you are in Christ, the old is gone. It's gone. Everything has become new. And all of this is possible not because of any works of our own. It is possible because of God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. And out of great, great mercy and kindness, he gives to us this ministry of reconciliation, this ministry, this service of reconciliation, where we go as ambassadors into the world, encouraging people to be reconciled to God compelled by the the love of God to tell them that their sins can be covered and not counted against them. Because in Christ, everything can become new. Be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. Let's pray, guys. Thanks so much for being on today. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your holy word. Man, that last line is just uh, evokes such gratitude. Thank you, Lord, that you who had no sin became sin for us so that in you we might become the righteousness, righteousness of God. Lord, we thank you for that. And we thank you for this ministry of reconciliation that we get to share with the world. Lord, help us to live in a way that prepares others as well as ourselves for that day when we stand, all stand, before the judgment seat of Christ. A day that is just as real and certain as the day that we are experiencing right now. God, thank you for my friends. I pray you'd bless them and encourage them, strengthen them. Let them know of your love and grace. And may they be reminded that in you, all things have become new for them. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. God bless you, my friends. Thank you so much for being on today. Hope you have a fantastic Thursday. Um, We'll be back at it tomorrow. I'll probably do a pre-recorded episode of 2 Corinthians chapter 6. So if you want to continue to follow along, 
check out the podcast tomorrow as we continue with chapter six. Have a great day. Love you guys. Thanks for liking, subscribing, sharing this podcast. I really appreciate that. Literally, the uh, listeners are increasing uh, weekly. So thank you. The reason that's happening is because you're sharing it. So I really appreciate that. Have a great day. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.